You're listening to the best barbecue show, the show where we talk, taste, and even try to cook the best barbecue in Texas, which is the best barbecue in the world. How's it going, Stover? Doing great. Are you getting tired of the how's it going question? We uh we seem to keep uh living in a groundhog day loop because we're recording a couple episodes today. <laughs> it's uh it's it's weird when you do it all at once and it's gonna be spread out over weeks, but we'll be all right. <laughs> Stop asking me the same question over and over again. Uh you're listening to the best barbecue show. I'm in the studio with Stover. Stover, what's in your hands? I'm playing with a rubber band that I was gonna shoot at you when you weren't looking. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but lighthearted fun here. <laughs> At the Glencliff Media Studios. Yeah, we haven't uh, slam dunked that basketball in the hoop we have in the studio for a while. I'm not even sure. Last time I saw it was pretty flat. (laughs) Yeah, we put it through the ringer at the end of last year. If you heard our best of uh, 2017 episodes, you heard us do a lot of uh, hoop shots. Yeah, we needed... I I feel like it wasn't in the episode, but Benny Hill should have been playing the whole time we were recording those. Because we were just kind of like folding in on ourselves. (laughs) It was in the episode. Oh yeah, we did play a little bit, right? Yeah. As soon as you said best of, I just heard the Benny Hill song in my, in my brain. Wait, that's no, not it. That's that's the weird circus sound. <laughs> Either way. Uh, um, so today you're going to hear from Grant Pinkerton of Pinkerton's Barbecue, a badass little spot just down the street from Joey V in Houston. Uh, they cook all kinds of interesting meats. They've got some glazed ribs uh, that people are all about. If you haven't seen it, they've got a pretty sweet pink shirt with a pink glazed ribs on it uh first spotted one at uh snows the other day when i was there yeah i'm jealous because you got to go to that restaurant and i was uh driving around lost in houston (laughs) (laughs) it's uh you know thank god for google i'd never find anything Uh, as russell said in the last episode uh just keep driving around 610 you'll get there eventually yeah you'll find it it's not hard to find barbecue in texas but uh, if you want to find a specific spot you should probably pull out your map (laughs) well and i'm loving diving into houston barbecue because there's a lot of big surprises that I didn't expect. You know, it's not, it's it's the same kind of food. It's that it smells the same. It looks the same. But then you go into Pinkerton's, they've got a full bar. Uh, they've got tons of guys helping, uh, cleaning up after people, helping you set up your to-go. Uh, there re- really truly is a, another level of service at some of these Houston barbecue joints. Yeah, and if you check them out on uh, Instagram or other social media, at Pinkerton's BBQ, you can see how pretty their food looks too. Yeah, and, and I mean, they, they serve regular and prime briskets. They have two, a dry and the candied ribs. They had this uh, jalapeno corn cheese uh, rice that was just slamming. I should have gotten a gallon of that stuff. Yeah, we got to order our food by the gallon now. Well, we uh, we noticed when we were there that the regulars were buying quarts of the mac and cheese and a bunch of the stuff just like huge quartz on the table <laughs> it's grocery shopping that's what i call it when you buy way too much at a restaurant it's just grocery shopping hey it's almost a week later i'm still eating off that houston barbecue you know leftovers and places we stopped are you man i ate all of mine before i even left the city limits <laughs> well we went to snows and then immediately went to houston checked in went to pinkerton's and then you know hung out that night you heard it with russell and uh with john and you'll hear more uh next week or at the end of this week of, with uh quay and james and uh Patrick Fijis. It was another busy weekend in Houston for the best barbecue boys, but you know uh, we got to go back because we have fallen in love with that city this year. 
Yeah, and it's as long as you're not driving during rush hour, it's uh, it's not that hard to get around. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful spot with. I mean, there's just as soon as truth opens up too, there's just there's just barbecue everywhere. The challenge now is going to be going on a weekday to get some Fijis because he's only open Monday through Friday. Yeah, yeah. We're I mean, like you said, we just got to like get an Airbnb for a couple of weeks yeah. or something. We got to spend like a Wednesday through Friday in in Houston. Maybe we can uh, stay in Grant Pinkerton's uh, place above the shop. Yeah, he he lives above the shop. We'll talk more about that. But man, this is a man who loves his barbecue. He learned to cook when he was twelve and has not stopped since. He has so many smokers in that place. I thought he just used the pits that were outside, and then he took me inside, and there's even more pits in there. You know, giant doors. I mean, one of those doors probably weighs 150 pounds. Wow. Uh, But enjoy and, uh, you know, always check the Instagram and we'll show you tons of footage of all these places we're at. Have fun. Go eat some meat. Woody-woo. I'm Grant Pinkerton and we are at Pinkerton's Barbecue. Boom. So uh, you're cooking a lot today, huh? We are. We are cooking a lot. We cook a lot every day. So you're cooking extra for the... uh, Houston barbecue fast, right? Yes, we're cooking. Um, <clears throat> got some extra meat on the pit today, uh, in preparation for tomorrow, and got some special stuff planned for that, and uh, getting ready and getting all that taken care of. Got some fun neighbors. Yeah, we got a lot of people who like to race around around here. Well, you're not you're not far from the highway. No, not too far. And uh, what neighborhood are we in? No, in you're in Houston? the Greater Heights area. Greater Heights. Yeah. So uh, Joey Victorian's just down the street then. Yeah, he's on the other side of the heights. Awesome. Uh, we, we've known him for a while, uh, and he just came to Austin recently. But uh, I heard you're also cooking like turkey legs and a bunch of stuff for tomorrow. No, that you were misinformed oh, by really? one That's of my what, guys. That, that must have been Eric. It because, was Eric. Yeah, he's an idiot. And he, <laughs> we're doing that for something completely different. For something different. different. He was back here, and he told me that he told you that. But that's not true. No, uh, we're actually cooking. Um, we're doing smoked beef shoulder. Uh, tomorrow and we have uh, some locally made mini boyo buns and uh, an Asian we made an Asian slaw to go on it uh, house made uh, spicy mayo and chili sauce and uh, in addition we have our slow dough bread pudding that we make uh, with brisket fat and a uh, brisket fat and cream cheese smoked icing wow and uh, blueberry reduction uh, go back to the second thing you said uh, beef shoulder? Mm-hmm. Like and a shoulder clod. And then what What was the second thing you, you mentioned? The bread pudding. No, it was like a... started with a B. Oh, the boyo buns. Yeah, what are, what is that? Uh, it's like a, it's like a Mexican bun. And, and, really and you put brisket in it here. or what? Yeah, so we're going to slice it open. We're going to put a, um, the sliced shoulder clod in there. We're going to dress it with an Asian slaw. Kind of like a... Kind of like a banh mi, but not a banh mi. Like a Mexican banh mi. A little bit. It's awesome. just kind of uh, all the flavors that Houston has to offer. You have boyo, you have Asian flavors, you have barbecue, um, and you have mayonnaise. So <laughs> we're in the South, so we love mayonnaise, right? Well, and that's something we've noticed. You know, we, we've we predominantly been in Austin. Uh, we did a little L.A. coverage, too. But in Houston, there's just so many different cultures that collide. You've got people making, uh, you know, Korean crawfish and all that. So it's cool that you're you know, jumping on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also heard some interesting thing about your pits, that they have tuning plates. Yes. So tell me about those. Uh, so we cook on offset pits, and um, I guess when they get this size, they have tuning plates in them, and that helps refract refract the heat and push it down the, the pit. We cook on closed pits, and um, 
so the tuning plate helps kind of keep the temperature even across the pit and I don't know that the uh, the the meat will drip off of there and sizzle on the tuning plates too and that so that adds extra flavor you kind of get you get a lot of that flavor from that grease dripping and evaporating nice. up back up into the meat too so it works out good they definitely like to run low and slow all our temperature gauges are broken <laughs> so we just we know what it's supposed to be at so we have a lot of pit masters on our show that talk about uh cooking by feel yeah so mostly um i think the guys came to me the other day and they said i, I think our temperature gauges are broken i said i think they've been broken for like eight months so so do you feel like it's more of a challenge when you know you've got a bunch of guys working here they they, they take a second to kind of learn how to do everything by feel since the gauges don't work uh, yeah, we've had the same guys in the back for quite a while. Nice. <clears throat> so it's me. I live here. live upstairs. And then, um, yes, that's my stairwell to my That's apartment. awesome. Um, and then uh, we got Hunter, Robbie, and uh, Jose, and his son works here too. Um, and we've all been together for over a year now. And um, we're, a good, we're a good team. Everybody kind of knows what uh, – knows a drill. Uh, it takes a while to get them started, but not, most of these guys didn't have any barbecue experience before working here, so they've been trained the Pinkerton way, and that is the, the only way. And so you've had, uh, you got these pits made in Houston? Yes, by David Close, which are, we're actually um, only like a, maybe two miles from where he builds them. Nice, so you're really keeping it in the neighborhood. In, indeed. And uh, you also have, you know, I've been to a, a ton of barbecue places, but you also have... Uh, family photos on the wall you've got a full bar so what kind of inspired you to do it a little differently um well i, I you know i didn't really see any reason why you wouldn't have a full bar i mean a lot of people are doing it we are here in the uh, heights area and a lot of <clears throat> uh, we have a lot of you know young professionals and i mean hell who the who doesn't want a margarita and barbecue right and that's a pretty good combination or some whiskey or bourbon or scotch of course yeah you know it's kind of one of those things you kind of step back and yeah the people aren't doing it but why does that mean that i mean why does that make yeah. it not a good idea so do you feel like there's i mean it, it, there's a lot of things you're doing a little differently i had some of that uh the jalapeno cheese rice that was amazing oh thanks um the uh the mac and cheese was also awesome thanks uh are those your own recipes did you work with your chefs to do that or uh no those are uh, a lot of our family recipes and stuff that i've uh developed i try to keep most of there's a the jalapeno cheese rice is one that we always made as a family whenever we had barbecue at home. Okay, so that had to be on the menu. Everything <laughs> else is a creation uh, from this brain right here. Um, and you know, we the the mac and cheese we worked on for like uh, nine months. Wow. And dude, there's so many variations of mac and cheese we did. Uh, you know, the one that looks like a comes like out in a block. You know, fancy mac and cheese. Yeah. We did runny mac and cheese. We did. Somewhere in between mac and cheese, we tried 80 million noodles, we tried 80 million cheeses, we tried smoked cheeses, processed cheese, unprocessed cheese, cheddar, you know, I mean, dude, there's a lot of ways you can do mac and cheese, so this is what we came up with, and we uh, were having a, <clears throat> a Christmas party here, and we do a big uh, thing you buy tickets to, and it's uh, partnered up with a local brewery that does some super rare beers during it, and everybody bothered me wanting mac and cheese and then i said eh, eventually we'll get around to serving it i said it's, it's got to be right to put it on the menu so they um i put on the menu that we were going to have mac and cheese as a special to help incentivize people to buy tickets because they've never been able to eat mac and cheese here and so then i was like shit i have two weeks to come up with the mac and cheese so i put a time limit on it and that this is what we came up with and um 
I like I like it. Luckily, I don't like it enough to eat it every day, but I do like it. Well, and you know, most people think that cooking on a pit for 12 to 16 hours is the hard part, but it sounds like you put a lot of thought into all your ingredients and all your sides. Oh yeah, everything. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's uh, sides were always really important to us, and especially as a guy who's cooked usually was cooking the barbecue when we were doing barbecue stuff. Man, the size is what you wanted to eat when you were done cooking at the end of the day. I mean, by after you spent 18 hours by a pit and smelling the smoke and all that kind of stuff, kind of last thing you wanted was the, the actual meat. So you're always chow down on the on the sides, and you know having good sides is is is, is essential. Yeah, we uh we just rolled in smelling, still smelling like uh, snows from oh, this yeah. morning, and I thought you know we'll just get a slice of brisket or you know I would just want to try it, but we ended up getting a whole platter. Uh, it happens. So you you also cook your ribs a couple ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about that. So we do a dry rub rib and we do a glazed rib. And the glazed rib is from um, when we I was doing some competition stuff and with some buddies. And um, we uh, we started glazing our ribs for the competition. And I was practicing at home and all my buddies were over there. And they're like, dude. These are so good. Why do you not? You're gonna have to have these at the restaurant. I said, Oh no, 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 because it's more work. I said, I, I don't, want, I don't want to have them at the restaurant. They're like, second or third time they ate them, they're like, All right, dude, you need to at least have them at a pop up and see how people like them. And we did it, and everybody was like, They loved them. So I said, You know what? I like a good pork rib, and I want us to. Oh, let's do it. So it's kind of been a signature item here. Everybody, I would say, most people come in and order glaze. It's not traditional Texas barbecue to have a sweet rib, but you know what? It's better than just being traditional. It's being really good. And I've seen your sweet candy glazed rib T-shirt oh, all yeah. over. We actually saw one at Snows this morning. Oh, really? Yeah, dude, that's badass. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, it, it's nice to see a place. You know, in Austin, everything's very traditional except for a couple guys. So it's cool to see someone who's doing it different. Uh, in fact, I read that the wood in your floors and walls is all from a reclaimed church. Yep. And you guys not only have a full bar, but your general manager has some signature cocktails. Uh, yeah, well, my bar manager does. So your bar manager does. Yeah. Um, our bar manager does. His name is also Eric. He's not the Eric that gave you the bad information. <laughs> That's big Eric. That, that is a big Eric. Uh, he's huge, man. He's like a tight end size guy. I, unfortunately, he played basketball in high school, so I don't. I think he was he was misguided there by his coaches. <laughs> but so, what kind of cocktails do you guys offer? Uh, so we have a ranch water. That's one of my creations. Um, then we have the margarita, and one of the things we're really well known for here is our old fashioned. Um, so we have. Um, I would. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we have the best old fashioned in Houston. Nice. So, bring it whoever wants is to. it classic you change up the ingredients at all uh no it's pretty classic um we just do it the right way and then you said ranch water yeah ranch water so, so it has tequila and topo chico and lime and um candied jalapenos whoa yeah it's it's like it's a good drink that's not too uh too sweet so our friend jc reed says you epitomize uh the evolution of barbecue in houston uh you feel that that's a the, the right way of talking about pinkerton's Sure. Sounds, yeah. That sounds good to me. You know? uh, <laughs> well, w- w- I don't do think you, there's do anything you, wrong with that. Do you see yourself, like, are, are you pushing, you know, do you do you have new new items you're thinking about doing? Do you like where it's at? It sounds like you're always experimenting, so. I am. I always play with a bunch of stuff. I don't, not a lot of it makes it to the to the menu, but the stuff that does I know is great. You know, that's I think that's one of the important things. 
I see a lot of people that are throwing a lot of shit on their menu. And I got to wonder sometimes is all that, you know, is it is it that great? You know, but what we do here, what you find on our menu, it's going to be a, after months of making sure that it's what we want to put on there. Because if we're putting something on there, we're not planning on taking it off. Yeah. And we've all been to a barbecue place that might have great brisket, but they just scoop their potato salad or something out of a something they bought at H-E-B. Right. Or the grocery store. So uh, what, what do you think drove you to really have a hand in every little piece of the line in there? Um, my, uh, I don't know. I'm like pretty detail oriented yeah. guy. I'm kind of OCD about some stuff. Your so. hat's fresh though. I can tell. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. I got to keep it clean, man. Uh, I have like a whole stack of those upstairs. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of a perfectionist and, uh, I like it done the right way. And, uh, you know, so for me, it was just one of those things. It's just kind of part of who I am. Um, it's part of one of my characteristics, you know, character flaws for sometimes, but uh, but in this business, it's kind of important. So uh, a lot of people told me that living above the restaurant and being here all the time that I better get out because I'm going to burn out and this kind of thing. Dude, I, I love being here. Like yeah, This is what I, I love to do. I love being here. I love talking to the guests. I love talking to my guys here you know it's just this is what i like to do when i was a little kid and people asked me if you had millions of dollars what we do i said man i really like to own a restaurant i could just sit there and make people happy with food and hang out and talk to them all day and people said yeah but then you have to talk to them all night and then i said yeah but if that's what i that's what i want to do you know so i i just i love being here you know it's great well we talk on the show a lot about barbecue family and how whether a pit master walks through your door or someone who's never eaten barbecue before that, that there's a warmth, there's something, as soon as you walk through that door, the music's good, there's new smells, and it allows people to almost feel at home. Mm-hmm. And from coming and eating here about an hour ago, uh, I know that you know everyone on your line is happy, ready to serve, asking questions, and do you feel like that's something you train, or you pick good guys, or how, how do you think you got there? Um, a little bit of both, but it's set, it's, the tone is set at the top. You know, if you have somebody that doesn't really want to be here running the joint, dude, that trickles down. You know, these guys see how I like to interact with the guests. And what I say is, hey, man, I do live here. I eat, sleep, and breathe this. I'm here 18 hours. Uh, If I'm not asleep, I'm pretty much working. When people come here, they literally are coming to my house. Yeah. So treat them as if you were having a uh, guest over to your house. You know, if you had buddies showing up, everybody's your friend they're all here to give us money you know like hey they're all our friends so treat them treat everybody nice and my my policy is i want you to be the friendliest person that these people saw today genuinely yeah and and it shows uh you know we we did one trip to houston already and we hit up corkscrew uh and tejas and a few places but one thing that i've seen throughout it all is that there there's a a lot of good staff. There's a lot of people that are really happy about, and not to say other cities don't, but there's another level of just kind of friendly awesomeness in Houston, which is, I wouldn't say unexpected, but it's really interesting to see how well you and some of the other owners, uh, you know, how, how important it is for the experience for the customer. Mm-hmm. Is that something that, you know, did were you inspired at some point from another place to to cook here or have you just always cooked barbecue what, what kind of brought you to this point uh i started cooking barbecue when i was 12 <laughs> i wanted to uh i like to grill i started grilling when i was younger than that and i wanted the grilling experience to last for like eight hours 
So I knew that the way to do that was, well, I'm just going to cook a brisket because bri- uh, I'm going to try to, quote, unquote, grill a brisket. That'll take me, you know, forever. So I uh, got, got, a, got a brisket. My dad bought me a smoker, and I started smoking in the backyard and smoking out the neighborhood. And um, back then it was, oh, Grant, I don't know if you should cook this weekend. I don't really want to smell smoke all Saturday, but I think now they're kind of happy they let me do it. And then I, I got into high school. I went to Lamar High School, um, pretty close over here, and I raised animals. I was in FFA. I played football. I was in agriculture. I learned to weld. Um, we made barbecue pits for our ag projects. Nice. And, you know, just continue doing that. I was having whole hog roasts of animals that I raised at my house. Um, and uh, then I went off to college. I went to UT. I went to, uh, uh, when I went to Texas, I went to, in 07. And I left. I graduated and left Austin in 2013. So that's a pretty good barbecue boom right there yeah. that I witnessed in Austin. And um, I came back to Houston and was kind of a little like, "The hell's going on with our barbecue scene?" You know, it's the same. T- True. I, I'm not saying that I ate at every place, but you know, it's pretty much when I asked my buddies, "Hey, where do we go to eat good barbecue around here?" It was the same places that we'd you know the same shitty places that we ate at before i went to go to school right and uh so i said nah screw that y'all come over to my house next weekend i'm gonna barbecue and uh y'all don't have to eat shitty barbecue i'll just give you whatever i'm not gonna keep so we can have barbecue in our fridges all week and we never have to go out and eat crappy barbecue again and so then more friends wanted it more friends wanted it and then people were like well i'll give you 150 bucks if you give me the barbecue and not joe you know it's all right well hey man i'll buy all the meat if you cook it uh, i'll buy all the meat for you and give you 300 dollars. okay all of a sudden i'm like making more money just cooking for my buddies than i was at my regular job and i was living with my parents at the time and so i said well there's not a better time to be broke than now you know i don't have really any living too many living expenses and i'm 24 years old i can be broke and you know Worst thing that happens is I fall on my face, never works out, and I go get a desk job, which is what I'm planning on was planning on doing anyway. So, yeah. it ended up kind of taking off and got my social media running, and you know, just kind of kept my head down and did some pop ups, but I really concentrated on catering because that's guaranteed money. I mean, we do live in Houston; yeah. the weather is horrible, uh, changes really quick, and you can, you know, when you're operating with not very much money, you have one pop-up that you invested all your i mean it's it's investment right right i'm taking all my money and i'm putting it in brisket and i'm hoping to flip it and if it rains i'm screwed right okay that doesn't happen with catering you know catering i know when i go to purchase that stuff that i've already made the money so i started i did a lot of catering and one of the things i liked about catering was it gave me the opportunity to talk with a lot of people and give me an extended amount of time with my customers who were who are eating the food and uh, kind of build my base that way and get a lot of contacts and emails and that kind of stuff. And, you know, so that kind of blew up there and I was doing a catering job and, um, you know, it just got to the point somebody came to me and told me that I should open a restaurant. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, man, I'll, I'm write you a check if you help get you going, you know? And I said, oh, all right, well, Sweet. yep. You know what? Let's do it. And, just kind of decided on a whim and man that began like the 18 month process of trying to find the right location i was very picky when it came down to where i wanted to open because i didn't want to open a restaurant and have it fail and forever think it was because i 
rushed into a building and didn't find the right opportunity for myself. Well, and you've got uh, in space one of the largest cities in the world, so you had a lot of choices. Right. What, what brought you to the Heights? Well, I, it's a large city, but I only wanted to be inside the loop, gotcha. inside the 610 loop. I'm from here. I know a lot of people here. It really is a small town in a big city. I mean, like one degree of separation from everybody between Little League, schools you went to, Cub Scouts. I mean, like, dude, you know a lot of people. Um, a lot of my uh, people in my age group were moving over here, fraternity brothers, people I went to high school with, college uh, friends. They were all moving to this area, so kind of instant community. That, uh, um you know, market penetration was good. It would be an area with a lot of young couples that would want to come utilize the bar. Nice. Um, you know, I just so, knew people over here. So, you so know, you looked at more than just like where you want to be. You actually, you did yeah, the numbers and mm -hmm. I wanted to be close to downtown. I wanted to get downtown traffic. Uh, in addition to, I, I was going to open in, in river Oaks and that kind of fell through. I mean, the nice part about that would have been, I really know a lot of people over there. I'm not from River Oaks. I'm from West University, kind of medical center area. But I went to school with all the people that grew up there, moms, right. dads, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, you open a barbecue place there and you know half the people that live around there. Well, you know, it's kind of instant success if as long as it's decent. Um, so this was the only other spot I would kind of wanted to open. And there's just not that much real estate opening up in those areas. It's hard to get in because the places that are there are usually successful. Right. Uh, because people will wait around to try to jump in on the spot. This place had been like eight different things before we opened here. I came, we came in, I got to listen to people tell me for 12 months that it wasn't going to work because there were already eight failed concepts here. Right. Yeah. I said, it's going to work. The barbecue's good. Come back when we open. And, uh, so it's been 16 months or ish. I, I don't I don't know exactly how many, but it's been somewhere around there, and you know we're still here. So, well, maybe you can uh, put Pinkertons too at the the, the, oh, yeah, the spot in, you wanted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> back over there. Well, it's a good thing I didn't take that spot because the guy who ended up owning that ended up passing away, and his wife liquidated everything. Oh wow! There was like, even a business that had been there for like eight, 15 years, and she sold right out front. Ouch! Her. So it was a really good thing that I didn't <laughs> end up going over there. You got lucky, and you got a sweet apartment. Well, that was turned out. I said, you know, it's all meant to be because anytime you can live above it, your barbecue place, it's kind of the perfect storm, you know. Yeah. And especially when I first opened, and I was only sleeping an hour, maybe two, um, a day, and that dude, that saved my ass. Nice. So, well, we call our uh, we call our fans the Meat Men. Oh, cool. Uh, and they're anyone from. Some guy who's cooking right now in his backyard for his family to someone who might be starting something like you did, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, so we ask everyone to give their message to the aspiring, to the professionals, to whoever's got, you know, this in their ears or on their speakers right now. Uh, use a sharp knife. <laughs> now the, the, the sharp knife is the quickest way to not cut yourself. Yeah? Yes. Uh, you've got a favorite brand or favorite sharpener or anything? Uh, we go through, um, we use a lot of uh, shun knives for our trimming and stuff gotcha. i know it sounds weird but it's something my dad always told me and it's always stuck with me and all the times i ever cut myself it's when my knife wasn't sharp enough you know because it's not going where you want it to yeah we were i was on instagram earlier and this guy uh there were people sending us you know people send us videos of them cooking and this guy was cutting up a steak he cut and i was like either that steak is tough or that knife is not sharp because he's taking like seven swipes just to cut one slice oh, yeah but i'm also a big fan i actually uh, i had a friend build me or not build me, but make me a couple knives. Mm -hmm. And I've 
while he was making them, I practiced sharpening every knife I had in the house just so I'd be good at it. Yeah. When the when the good knives came. You know, and I, I, I we shun the price point is pretty good. I mean, for a good for their trimming knife, I think it's like a six or seven inch blade uh, boning knife that I use. It's like 120 bucks. Nice. If it breaks, if the tip breaks off, which it will here, I'm not gonna cry about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like it's an 800 dollar knife. But uh, but it does it you know I can go through thirty forty briskets and not have to resharpen it in the middle which, which is, is good that's a huge time saver yep and the other thing too I noticed that when I used uh, crappy knives was my wrists hurt after trimming so much um, with a nicer knife that cuts through easier less you know pressure on your wrist uh, it's just way easier and you trim with kind of like a like a boning knife something that's a little mm-hmm. flexible yep nice well I. Uh, I, I definitely have heard a lot of pitmasters with their dexters and some of those cheaper knives talk about how often they have to sharpen them. So that's a huge that's a huge win if you're doing a lot of trimming. Yeah, I mean, it, it like you know, it's like if you're a race car driver, you want the best race car, right? You're gonna spend fifty thousand dollars on a pit, get a hundred dollar knife. It's gonna make your life easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, dude, you're using it every day for like an hour. You know, and even for the people at home, you know, if you if you only have to sharpen your knife once a month instead of every time you use it. Yeah, and it's, it's good steel. Too. It holds its edge, you know. It, it, dude, it's a good, good quality knife. Cool. Well, that's that's a new one for the meat men out there. So here, here you guys go. Get some shuns. Yes. Awesome, Grant. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for coming by. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow at the uh, barbecue fest. All right. Appreciate it. Come in and meet man. Y'all to see me eat man. Get on the meat man. Y'all to see me eat man. I got jaws like a bear trap, a teeth like a razor. This has been a production of Glenn Cliff Media, recorded live in Austin, Texas. Never